But I want you to open your Bibles with me to the book of Acts. Everybody got their Bible? Oh, somebody likes Acts. Somebody likes that. Somebody, somebody likes that Pentecostal fire coming down in the book of Acts. Somebody likes that church, don't they? Huh? Remind you of somebody? My wife. She's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she's got that Pentecostal fire. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read from the book of Acts, chapter 12, for just a few minutes. We're on, um, you know, we're on the YouVersion Bible app. I know we talk about that as well, but, but we're on the YouVersion Bible app. If you want to follow, uh, follow along our notes and, and, and points and all that stuff's on there, your iPhone, your iPad, whatever you have, open it with me to the book of Acts, chapter 12. And this is one of the strangest verses and stories in the Bible, Okay. It's one of the strangest, it really, but, it, but listen, it really does have a life lesson that we need to apply to our life today, amen? How many of you know the Bible's alive and active and, and, and everything has a life lesson in it that we can apply to our life today, amen? Some of you read some of that stuff and you're like, ah, I don't apply, yeah, it does. It applies to you too. But it has a great life lesson that we must never ever forget. And before you leave here today, before you leave here today, I believe a change is gonna take place in your heart. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you, God, that, that you're the one who can change us. And, Lord, we just lift this, this service up to you. We, we pray that your word penetrates hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Acts 12. Acts 12, starting in verse 20. Look here, it says, Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. But they came to him with one accord. And having made Blastus, the king's personal aide, their friend, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. Listen to this, verse 21. So on a set day, Herod, here he is. On a set day, Herod, arrayed in his royal apparel, he's got on all of his royal attire, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. He gave a speech to them. That's what that is. He gave a, gave a speech to them. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. It's the voice of God. What they're doing is they're actually comparing him to deity. Amen? They're actually comparing him to deity. And what they're saying is, is, is they're worshiping him like he's a God. Verse 23. I think it's verse 23. It says, then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him. Listen to this part, please. It says, immediately... An angel of the Lord struck him. Now I want you to listen to this. And everybody read this out loud with me. Because, come on, read it out loud with me. Because he did not give glory to God. Everybody say glory to God. And here's the strange part. <laughs> then he was eaten by worms and died. There's the strange part. Because he did not give glory to God. It didn't say because he was in royal attire. It didn't say because he was all dressed up and had all this stuff going on. It didn't say because he was in, a, in an exalted position and had been raised up. Actually, God is the one who raises them up. Amen. We know that, right? It did not say because he was wealthy, powerful, influential, that he had a lot of friends, he was exceedingly famous, because he did not give God the glory. Amen? Because he did not give God the glory. We know the original sin that was committed in heaven was when Lucifer, 
Lucifer was one of the chief angels. He's one of the, the three chief angels. We had Michael, who was the warring angel. We had Gabriel, who was the messenger angel, who, 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 who sent messages down to earth. He, he delivered messages to earth like the one to, to Mary. Amen. And then we had Lucifer, who was light bearer. He was the light bearer. <clears throat> and he was the worship leader. And in Isaiah 14, 13, he said this. He said, I will exalt my throne above the stars. Look at this right here. He said, I will exalt my throne above this. I will ascend into heaven. So, so Lucifer is saying, he's saying, I, 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 I. He says it five times. Look at this. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. I will also sit on the mount of the, the farthest side. Where's the, keep going. Keep going. Where's the next one? Right up there. He says it right there. Anyway, he keeps going. He says it five different times in there. He says, I, 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 me, 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 me. Maybe we don't have it up there. It's fine. But he says it five different times. Look it up. Isaiah 14, uh, 14 13. He says it five different times. Do you know what he was doing? Just to sum it up, he wasn't giving God the glory. Amen? He says, I, I, I. It's all about me, me, me. I'm going to exalt myself above the other. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. He did not give God the glory. God gave him the position. God gave him the title. God gave him the influence. God gave him everything, but he did not give God the glory. And he kept saying, it's all about me. It's all about me. And this is so important, what I'm going to share with you this morning. It's so important, and I want us to get it deep into our hearts. Amen? Are you all awake this morning? Huh? Did we have some good worship this morning? Praise the Lord. Come on, y'all. Y'all got to wake up a little bit for me. I want us to get this deep in our hearts because what happens when we do not give God, when we, it's the danger of not giving God the glory. Amen? Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, listen to this, he was, he was led out into the, into, the, into the wilderness by the Spirit. He, the, the Bible says in Luke chapter 4, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The Judean wilderness is so extreme, you know that? It's so extreme. The hot desert sun is unbearably hot, and then it's extremely cold at nighttime. Very extreme conditions. It's a place of extremes. And when Jesus is in the wilderness fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, Satan himself comes to Jesus. And he came to Jesus with an extreme attack. He came to him with an extreme attack. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's the big three. Y'all know that? Y'all know that? It's the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. That's how he tempted Jesus, and the pride of life. It's the big three. And he came with extreme temptation for Jesus. He did not, listen, Jesus had not even started his ministry yet. He was baptized and immediately led by the Spirit out into the wilderness. He had not even started his ministry yet. But the enemy knew. If I could just get him to, to, to take him out, if I could just get him to fall into this temptation, if I could just take him out with these extreme temptations that I'm doing, it was extreme demonic opposition. Amen? They're coming against Jesus. I want to tell you this. It wasn't just demons. It was Satan himself. The Bible says that Satan appeared. Have you ever been going through something and you think, man, I am like struggling really bad, like I've got all this going on? What if Satan shows up himself and tries to take you out? Amen? But it wasn't just demons. It was Satan himself, Lucifer himself, showed up coming to Jesus, and he had one thing on his mind, and it was to turn Jesus away from bringing glory to the Father. You know that? He had one thing on his mind, and it was to keep Jesus from giving glory to his Father. And I want you to understand that Jesus had an extreme reaction to this extreme temptation. 
right? Look at this. The extreme demonic opposition that he was facing, he began to exhibit extreme consecration. Come on. He began to exhibit extreme consecration. What he did, he began to use the word in an extreme way. He kept saying, it is written, it is written, it is written. So with all this, now, thank you, I got two little golf claps over there for that. He said, it is written, it is written, it is written. And, and he's using extreme consecration means, means to be set apart. That word means to be taken away from secular things, right, to be set apart. So he's using extreme consecration again. And I want to tell you, when the enemy comes against you with extreme attacks, Come on, an extreme attack against your family? When he's coming at you with, with these extreme attacks against everything? I want to tell you, it's a sign, guys. Listen, it's, not, it's just a season. You're not going to stay in that forever, okay? But I want to tell you, it's a time for you to start getting extreme. Amen? It's a time for you to have an extreme response of consecration to the extreme attacks. How many of you have been under attack in here lately? I know a bunch of you. I've talked to you. It's time for you to get extreme and extreme consecration. Come on. And say, well, listen, if you're going to hit me with extreme temptation, devil, then I'm going to hit you with extreme fasting. I'm going to hit you with extreme prayer. I'm going to hit you with extreme worship. Come on, y'all. I'm going to get extreme. I'm going to get extreme. Jesus told Satan, he said, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and only him. Only him. You better get extreme. If you're going to get extreme in your attack against me, then I'm going to get extreme in my response against you. Amen. Jesus' answers for hell extreme was Jesus said, I'm going to go to my own extremes. He said, I'm going to go to my own extremes. He said, I'm not going to let you win the battle against the flesh, against the world. You don't win this one, devil. That's what he told him. I'm not going to let you do that. I'll take on you with extreme consecration. I'll take on you, and I'll go more to the word. You better get in this thing right here. I'll go more to the word. I'm telling you, I'll turn, turn, turn to my worship all week long. I don't care if you got to live in an atmosphere of it. Y'all better get into it. It ain't going to be like this forever. I'm telling you, it won't stay like this. But when you sense you're under an extreme attack, you better get extreme consecration. You better get extreme worship. You better get extreme into this book, and you better get into what it says. Amen? You better get into it. You better understand it. You better read it. And if you have to, read it out loud. Read it out loud. Y'all like, I don't even read it quietly. Get into it. Read it out loud if you have to. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy down there, Dustin. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. This is what Jesus did. If he did it, why wouldn't we have to do it? Amen? He's Jesus. And the devil's attacking him. He showed us what we're supposed to do when we're under extreme attack. If he did it, I promise you, you better do it. Stop looking at me like I'm crazy. Sometimes we need extreme services. Sometimes we need extreme worship. Amen? Sometimes we got to get extreme. We need people who are not ashamed to glorify God. How about that? Are they all in here this morning? Are y'all in here this morning? Can y'all glorify God for me? Come on. Say, yeah, I believe. I believe in the blood. I believe in the cross. I believe that Jesus died for me. Can we give God some praise? Can y'all glorify God for me this morning? Thank you. Now you're awake. Whew. Man, I'm telling you, you better get extreme consecration. And it's more powerful than anything hell can ever bring against you. Amen? Believe it. 
believe in the blood. I believe in the cross. I believe this thing. Listen, it doesn't matter what others do. Amen? doesn't matter. I'll get extreme. If the enemy comes against my family, I'm going to get extreme. I'll tell you right now, I'm going to go get me some oil. I'm going to anoint my ever bedroom. I'm going to anoint the pillowcases. I'm going to anoint the milk jug. Come on, somebody. I'm going to anoint everything. We're going to have oil all over the house. And y'all are like, what is oil? Y'all know what it is? Come on. I'm going to get extreme. That's what you got to do. Amen. Turn your worship on if the depression is starting to get to you. And then you begin to let God inhabit the praises of his people. Amen. You turn the worship on. Let God start inhabiting. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. Let him start inhabiting you while you're worshiping Jesus if the depression is coming against you. Amen? Come on, y'all. I want to tell you something. No one in this book right here, no one in this book ever did anything for God that was of great magnitude without tapping into the level of extreme consecration for God. Amen? What are you talking about, Pastor? You're not crazy if you want to please him. Come on. You're not crazy if you want to be free and you want to live for him. And if you want to serve him, you're not crazy. I'm so tired of people acting like we're the crazy ones. Amen. I am so tired of people acting like we're crazy. Like you Jesus folk are crazy. You know what you I'm tired of that. If the world is getting more and more extreme, we got men playing women's stuff. We got men, we got genders that are all mixed up. We got, listen, and we're the ones that are crazy. Why don't we get extreme about our faith in Jesus Christ? Why don't we get extreme? I'm telling y'all, you better get extreme. The devil's coming at you. Why don't we believe what this book says and what it stands for? Amen. The enemy's extreme. We have to go against them with extreme warfare, extreme fasting, extreme prayer, extreme, extreme worship. Y'all sick of me saying extreme? You don't have to do it all the time. Listen to me. You don't have to do it all the time, but there are times and seasons in your life when you say, God, I just need a little bit of extra help. Amen? I just need a little bit of extra help today. I'm going to tell you, this week was very overwhelming for us and our family. It's been rough. It's been rough. God, I just need a little bit of extra help. Just need a little bit of extra help. That's all you do. You know what the scripture says in Matthew 4, 8? Look at this. So Satan took him. Would you listen to this very carefully? So Satan took him. Look, said the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain. See that? Satan took him up. Do you know that Satan raises people up? Do you know that Satan can give you fame? Do you know the devil can give you fortune? Do you know that? Come on, Satan took him up, the Bible says, on an exceedingly high mountain. Be careful when you're going up. Be careful when you're going up. It's not that God's not allowing it, and it's not that God has a problem with us excelling and being blessed and doing amazing things with our life. It's not that God has a problem that we dream big and we go get our dreams and we run after them. But when you begin to not give God the glory, that's where the problem is. 
when you begin to not give God the glory. That's what I'm preaching on. Notice what he says. The devil took him to an exceedingly high mountain. And then look at this. Showed him all the kingdoms of the world. You see that? The devil took him up there, showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And listen to this, listen to this. And their glory. And their glory. He said, you can have it all. See, you can have it all and their glory. He says, you can, you can have it all. You can be famous. You can be powerful. You can have all the glory you want. People will turn their head when you walk in the room. But Jesus said, nope. I'm not going to do that. He said, I ain't going to do that. I'm not going to receive that kind of glory. He said, because my God gets all the glory. Amen. He said, I don't want their glory. I don't need their glory. The longing to be praised. The longing to be seen. The longing for somebody just to say, mm, oh yeah, come on y'all. The longing just to be known. Amen. Jesus rejected the offer to take their glory. He rejected the offer to take the glory that the world was going to give him. He did. He immediately walked out of that wilderness after 40 days of fasting and praying. Was led by the Spirit, walked out in the power of the Spirit. And, all, and the Bible says this, look in Luke chapter 4. It says he walked out of that extreme temptation. He walked out of that, and in Luke chapter 4, he walked into the synagogue, and he opened a book. And in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 20, Now, here's what my ministry is going to be about. It says he walked into the synagogue and somebody handed him a book. It would have been an attendant and they handed him the book. The Bible says it would have been a priest, would have been a pastor. We'll talk about that. But they hand him the book of Isaiah and he opens up the book. And he says, this is what my ministry is going to be about. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. He said, this is what my ministry is. Keep going. Keep going. He says, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Thank you, Jesus. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Hallelujah. He says, I, I recover the sight of the blind. He said, I'm here to set liberty to those who are oppressed. To proclaim the, the good, acceptable year of the Lord. And then the next verse, look. Look at the next verse right here. It says, then he closed the book. And gave it back to the attendant. I love that part. It says he closed the book. You follow me? He gets up and he says, my ministry is not about me. He says, my ministry is not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's, he says, I'm Jesus. I'm God in the flesh. I am God incarnate. I am God's only begotten son. He said, and I'm not here for me. And I'm not here for my glory. He says, not me, me, me. I, I, I. He said, we already seen that kind of stuff up in heaven. We seen Lucifer do that crap. You know what happened to him. Y'all know how that ended. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about I. Me, me, me. But he closed the book. The Bible says he closed the book. And, and, and he says, this is what my ministry is about. My ministry is about the brokenhearted. My ministry is about, about healing people. 
My ministry is about those held captive. My ministry is about for those who, who have been through hell. Come on, y'all. My ministry is for the ones who are addicted, who have been through shame and disgrace, and they, 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 they just want to give up. He said, that's what my ministry is about. And then the scripture says he closed the book, and he handed it to him. And he said, now what's your ministry about? What's your ministry about? The Bible says he closed the book. He said, this is what I'm doing. This is what my ministry's all about. He go, preacher, priest, hand it back to the attendant. Now you tell me what your ministry's all about. Tell me what your ministry's all about. I'm Jesus. He said, this is what my ministry's about. We don't, we don't want to see your glory up here. Nobody wants to see your glory up here. You can't see your glory. Your glory can't heal nobody. Amen. Your glory can't heal nobody. My glory can't save anybody. Come on. I can't save you. This church has one celebrity, and his name is Jesus Christ. This church has one celebrity, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. We don't want man's glory. We got to be careful to give the glory to God. Amen. Come on, y'all. Can we do that right now? Can we do that right now? How about the rest of you? Can we do that right now? Can we give God some glory up in here this morning? Can we do that right now? Hallelujah. This church has one celebrity. One. One celebrity. The ministry of Jesus would not reach for glory. Woo. God, help me to preach this right. I want to preach this right to you because... The ministry of Jesus would not reach for praise and fame of men. He said, my ministry is not about me. My ministry is not about me. Jesus showed us the ministry meaning that we should all follow. Amen? He showed us the ministry meaning that we should all follow, that we all must have. And it's not about me. It's not about you. He closed the book and he said, it's about them. It's about others. It's about others. It's about others. We're trying. We're a new church, but we're trying. I want to ask you, why do you sing? Why do you sing? So I've been asking myself some of these questions, right? Why do you sing? What do you do? God, God gave us the talent we have. Amen. God gave me the ability to preach, I think. Was my preaching about me? I mean, it's I, I hope to do good and impress you people. All of you, there's a lot of people out here. There's a lot of you come here, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm nervous. Amen. But it's not about me. My wife's like, you daggone right, it ain't about you. You hear? She's the only one to clap for that. <laughs> but it's not about me. I want to impress y'all. I got a bunch of you. I love you people. But it ain't about me. This ain't about me. And I'm going to tell you something. We got to get back to that. We got to get back to that in the church today. Why would God give you success? Why would God give you that business? 
Why would God let you reach your dreams and, and have all this stuff happen in your life? I promise you, listen, he doesn't mind. He doesn't mind it. Doesn't mind it at all. The Bible says that, that, that Herod was in his royal attire. He's setting up there. He's, he's got it all going on. He's got his royal attire on. He's all decked out, dressed to the nine. He's looking fine. He could speak. The Bible says he had a speaking gift. Amen. The Bible says with his oratory power and his persuasive words that people marveled. We just read it. Y'all don't forget. Said that people marveled. And God didn't have a problem with him using his gifting and his talent. He didn't have a problem with it. The problem that God had with him is when he didn't give God the glory. Amen? It's when he didn't give God the glory. That was the problem that God had with him. And somehow we've got to get to that mentality. We've got to get it in our heart that says, God, I'm not in this for my own glory. Amen? I want to be so humbled that the higher you take me, the lower I go. Come on. That's what I want to do. I want to give you the praise. I want to give you all the glory. Because you alone, God, deserve all the glory. Hallelujah. So why do you sing? Why do you sing? Why do you serve? Why do you give even? Why do I preach? Is it to get followers? Is it to get acclaim? It's not about your network. It's not about your net worth. Amen? It's not. It's about the lost. It's about the lost. Amen. Moses' ministry was not about him. It was about two and a half million people who were held in bondage and slavery. Amen? Come on. Jonah's ministry wasn't about him. It was about 600,000 people that were going to perish if the gospel did not hit the shores of Nineveh. Amen? A couple of you read your Bible. Praise the Lord. Esther's ministry was not about her. Esther's ministry was not about her. She was living in a palace. She had all the attendance. She had everything that she wanted. She had everything. She was getting manicured, pedicured. She was getting it all done. And there's nothing wrong with that. God raises one up and God will pull another one down. Amen? But there wasn't nothing wrong with that. But her ministry was not about her. Because here's the key. When the moment came, it wasn't about her. It was about him. Come on. It was about a whole nation that was on death row. Haman was already building the gallows. He was about to destroy an entire nation and kill all the Jews. And in that moment, she says, it's not about me. It's not about me. And God has put me here in this moment. She realized my fame, my fortune, my high position. God put me here, but it's not about me. She said, who knows that I have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. It's not about me. It wasn't about Esther. It wasn't about her. She said, if I perish, I, fer I perish. But God put me where I am for his glory, not mine. Amen. 
David didn't fight Goliath to become famous. David didn't fight Goliath to become some known household name. That's not why he did it. Even in the book of Acts, chapter 8, about to go back and read it, there's a man by the name of Philip who preached. The entire city was turned upside down. The entire city was in revival. He was preaching to tens of thousands of people. He was preaching and preaching and preaching. Signs and wonders. Revival had come to Samaria. I bet it was on the front page of the newspaper at that time. Serious. It was a talk of the town. And right in the middle of that, the Holy Spirit said, leave this big, mighty revival. He said, I got an appointment for you for one man in the desert. He said, leave all this behind. He said, I have an appointment for you with one man. And Philip leaves the big lights because it's not about him. Amen. He leaves the big lights of this big revival that's sweeping over the entire country. He said, it's not my life. It's not my ministry. He goes to the desert for one person who is reading the book of Isaiah, riding on his chariot. Philip comes running up next to the chariot and he says, hey, do you know what you're reading? He says, how do I know if somebody don't tell me? So I'm reading something about he's led to the slaughter like a sheep and he's keeping his mouth shut. He said, I don't know unless you tell me. And Philip says, let me explain it to you. He said, I got a PhD in Isaiah. Listen, and he climbs up on the chariot. And this guy was over all the finances in the country in Africa of the Queen of Sheba. He was over all the finances. Y'all know the story? Go back and read chapter, chapter 8 in Acts. He was over, and, and he's over all the finances of the queen, queen of Sheba, and, and, and Philip leads him to Christ and then baptizes him because it wasn't about me. He left the big lights. He left all of this. He gave God the glory, and he walked away from it for one man. I'm not preaching that God doesn't want a successful, successful. <laughs> Slow down, pastor. I'm not preaching that God doesn't want to raise you up. I'm not preaching that. That's not what I'm saying. I actually believe that he'll do exceedingly abundantly above anything you could ever hope or think. I truly believe that. I truly believe it. But there's got to be that spirit of humility. Amen? There's got to be that the more he blesses you, the more he raises you. It's not for my glory. It's not for my honor. It's not for some false humility. Guys, listen, this is eternal stuff. Do you hear me? This is eternal stuff. This is stuff that we're going to be judged on even as believers. I'm telling you, the Bible's very clear about it. This is stuff that we will be judged on even as believers. Is what was the motive of my heart? What was the motive of my heart? And the Bible says our whole ministry can go up in smoke. Amen. Our whole ministry, Pastor Dustin, can go up in smoke. It says some things that people present at the judgment of believers. And it's not a judgment of whether you're saved or not. If you're at the judgment of believers, that's a good thing. That means you already made it in. Amen. Come on, y'all. If you're at that judgment and you're at the judgment of believers, it means you've already made it in. God is just judging you. 
on the motives of your heart and the gifts that he gave you, what did you do with your time, your talent, your treasure? Amen. You've already made it in. You're staying there. You're in heaven for eternity. But it's all going to be judged. And some people only did it for their own glory. Some people only did it for their own glory. And the Bible says there will be people who, listen, the fire will be amped up. The fire is going to be amped up. And he said there's going to be people who will hold their ministry over it. And they'll hold it over the fire. And it'll burn up like hay. Because they did it with the wrong motive. They did it with the wrong heart. Amen. It's in your Bible. But it said it, it'll be gone. It'll be burned up like hay. It'll be burned up because the motive wasn't right, guys. The motive wasn't right. But oh, let me tell you something. Hallelujah. If you've got the right motive of only I want this because God, listen, you have blessed me and I want to give you all the glory. Hallelujah. If you've got the right motive, it's your attitude. I don't ever want to walk around here and go jump in my little truck and act like I got all this stuff together, like, like I did this, like I did this. I don't ever want to pull up to this church. I don't ever want to pull up to this church and think somehow flesh and blood and man and woman did this. I'm telling y'all right now, I know we, he, he was with us, and I know we all did it. I know we were all created this, and we were all called to this. But I'm telling you right now, we give God the glory. We didn't do this. We didn't do this. Y'all better give God some more glory right now, I'm telling you. Y'all got to do better than that. Woo! Don't get a Herod spirit. Am I running out of time? Woo! Long-winded preachers, I tell you. Don't get a Herod spirit. Don't get a Herod spirit. Don't forget how low you were. Don't forget where he brought you from. Don't forget where he brought you from. You know what? He could have blessed anybody. He could have blessed anybody. He could have put anybody in the spotlight. I'm telling you, we got to be careful to give him the glory. What is this church about? What is this church about? Is it about entertainment or evangelism? Is it about hype? Or is it about harvest? Is it about selling tickets or winning souls? Come on, y'all. Jesus, help us. Help us to promote him. Help us right now to raise him. Help us glorify him. Come on, y'all better do better than that. Y'all sleeping up there. Y'all better wake up. Help us to exalt him. Help us not to come in here. And even when we sing, what are, what are we singing about? What are we singing about? We're not here trying to impress anybody. But there's always that part of you that you need to keep in check. Amen. I had somebody tell me that one day. Um, go blue. I'm watching you. He says, keep it in check. But there's a part of us. 
that we got to keep in check. Come on, y'all. That if I have anything, it's because of the goodness of God. That's the only reason God found me, God saved me, God put his arms around me, God raised me. Come on, y'all. And I claim it with every breath I have until the day I die that I give God all the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I ain't do this. I can't do this. We can't take the glory. We can't take the glory. I want you to look at it one more time. Acts 12. Acts 12. Herod, Herod attacks the church. Look at verse 2 and 3. Herod was a very evil man. And he attacks the church. In verse 2, it says right here. It says he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. See that? Go to verse 3. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews. You see that? He arrests James, one of the apostles. He beheads him. Cuts his head off. He destroys the, the leader of the church. The scripture says that when he saw that it pleased the Jews. When he saw that he got popular from it. When he saw that it boosted his fame a little bit. Come on. When he saw that it pleased somebody and he says, oh, look at me. Look at what I'm doing. It boosted his fame up a little bit. His followers increased. It pleased the Jews when he killed the head of the church. James was the apostle over the church. It pleased the Jews and, and, and he let it overtake him. He let it overtake him. Look at this. Now we go back right here. The pursuit towards fame hurts the church. Do you hear me? The pursuit towards fame hurts the church. When we're not up here singing and playing and preaching and greeting and ushering and doing everything that we do and ministering and even giving for the glory of God, it hurts the church. Amen? When we're doing all of this for us, the pursuit towards fame hurts the church. It's my glory. It's not his glory. My glory cannot heal you. Me standing up here being cool, me being all that. Come on, I can't save you. I can't get you off drugs. I can't break your addiction. I can't save you from the things that you've been doing that's been destroying your life. I can't do that. Oh, but he can. Come on, y'all. But his glory, when he comes walking in the room with his glory, woo, then he can set you free. Then he can set you free. His glory can instantly heal you and set you free. His glory can fix your marriage. His glory can fix your broken family. Amen? I can't do it. Boy, he can. He can. Because suddenly you say, it's not my will. And then you bow down and you say, I, like John the Baptist, you say, I, listen to this. Do you have a Herod spirit which says, I'm not going to give the glory to God? Or do you have a John the Baptist spirit where he says in John 3.30, look at this. He said, he must increase. But I must decrease. Come on. 
You're going to have a Herod spirit where you don't want to give God the glory and you think it's all about you. And look what I did and look at me. Look at I. Look at what I'm doing. Are you going to be like John the Baptist and say he must increase and I must decrease? Amen? Mm, come on, y'all. Look at him. Sitting on his throne now. Go to Acts chapter 12, verse 21. Get this. He'd already killed James. He had already arrested Peter. Boy, we're going long. I don't care. Y'all ain't got nowhere to go, do you? I'm about done. I'm about done. I'm almost done. He had already killed James. He had already arrested Peter. He's seen that it pleased the Jews. It overtook him, his pride. Everything had overtook him, and now look at him sitting on his throne, arrayed in his royal attire, looking good. He's sitting up there. He's all that. Come on, y'all. He's all that, raised, exalted, powerful, famous, giving an amazing speech to everybody. He had talent. Come on. He had talent, he had gifting, but now it's not bringing glory to God. It was all about him. It's all about him. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. And when the people heard it, look at verse 22. The best clothes looked right. Come on. The message was right. He was right. The large crowd was right. Everybody shouting and praising and, and the people were responding by saying, it's the voice of a God. It's the voice of a God, not of a man. He's not a man. Let's worship him. Come on. Then verse 23, immediately an angel. This is New Testament, guys. Immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory. Amen. So the question is, are you going to trade wonder for worms? Because it says, then he was eaten by worms and died. Are you going to trade wonder for worms? Are you going to trade superstar for supernatural? Come on, somebody. Because you cannot have both. I must decrease and he must increase. You cannot have both. Amen. But I'll start with me. Because I want to tell you, the more he blesses you, if we're not careful. Because I'm looking at people all over this room who have been highly, highly favored and blessed of the Lord. Hallelujah. I know you. Come on, give yourself a round of applause. You have been highly, highly favored and blessed of the Lord. But I'll start with me because I have a tendency, if I don't watch it, if I don't watch it, if I don't stay in prayer, if I don't stay under good preaching, amen, if I don't get into a church service like this and let the Holy Spirit do a deep work in me, I'm going to walk around like I'm something. Amen. I'm going to walk around like I'm something. And then you can get these worms. Come on. Or walk around like I'm something. And you can get these worms. And I don't care who you are. 
I don't care who you are. You can get these worms, these worms of pride. These worms of arrogance. Come on. Look at me. Look what I did. Huh? It's all about me, 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 me. Right? And I want to tell you something. This is a big deal to Jesus. This is a really big deal to Jesus. When they thought he was going to come walking in the room like some big shot. They thought he was going to come walking in there like some big shot. He walks in with a pail of water and a towel. Come on. It's a big deal to Jesus. He walks in with a pail of water and a towel. And if you read it, they're having a discussion. Who's going to be the best? Who's going to be the greatest? I'm going to sit over here. No, you're going to sit over here. No, I'm going to sit to the right. No, you ain't going to sit to the right. I'm going to sit to the right. And Jesus walks in and he kneels down and he takes their sandals off. And he starts washing their feet. Starts washing their dirty feet. And he says, this is what ministry is about. Don't you ever forget what he's done for you. Amen. worms get on your guitar, Dustin. How long you been playing that thing? Been playing 20 years. 20 years. And every now and again, if we ain't careful, right? There's no limit to the talent. There's no limit to the gifting that God has gave this man. if you win a Grammy if anybody can I promise you it's her he don't care if you win a Grammy every now and again though gotta be careful gotta be careful we have to keep that in check because you get these worms I love it when these football players and these athletes and these people that are in prime time when they're being interviewed and they put the limelight of the whole world on them. They put the limelight of the whole world on them. They're interviewing them. And the first thing he says, he says, first of all, I give God the glory. Come on. Hallelujah. He says, first of all, I give God the glory. I need somebody here in this morning who understands how far God has brought you, can we give God the glory? Can we give God the praise from your heart this morning? Come on, somebody. Say, I give God all the glory. He gets it all. We don't want it. We don't need it. Keep standing. Come on, stand to your feet. Maybe you forgot where he brought you from. As long as I'm pastor of this church, I'm at a point in my life where I don't want anything. That's a good place to be. Amen. I don't want anything but to do His will. And I promise you, as long as I'm pastor of this church, God will get the glory. Amen. 
And y'all are going to be a part of that. Y'all are going to be a part of that. Some of your pain is going to be turned into ministry. Some of you who are addicted, some of you who've been through it, God's going to use you. He's going to use your story to raise other people up. Amen. God is going to use you. And you're going to tell them I had nothing to do with it. All I did was give my life to Jesus and give him all the glory. He did it for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is interesting. I want to close with this. I closed like four times. This is my last time. Would you look at me now? Look at me. You need to hear this. It's very important. Very important. You know how the Bible describes hell? Look at Mark 9, 48. Jesus had told him repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. And then he says, it is a place where the worm does not die and the fire is never quenched. Amen? Why does the worm never die? Why does the worm never die? Because the number one reason people go to hell, it's not because they're wicked people. It's not because they're sinful. It's not because they're addicted. It's not because they're messing around with somebody else's spouse. That's sin. It's wrong. But the number one reason people go to hell is not because of what they're doing. It's because they're too proud to repent. That's why the worm does not die. Because people are too proud to repent, too proud to humble themselves. Sitting in a jail cell. Was broken. I was beat up. I had nowhere else to go but my knees. And I turned to Jesus and I found him. I found the answer. I found the solution. I found my Savior. And I want to tell you something right now. My pride did everything it could to hold me back. And if you walk out of here lost, your pride won. If you leave here lost today, that means your pride won. Amen? Because Jesus is saying, come unto me. Heavy burden and laden people. I will give you rest. I will give you peace. I will give you hope. I will give you grace.